welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring a very happy Ramon Foster. What is that all about, Moan? It's miserable Man, out there. You know what? At least I get to watch my Tennessee Vols this weekend, okay? So I'm happy about that, okay? I knew he'd be flashing that orange tea at some point soon. You know, we did promise on yesterday's episode that today would be an all-happy yes. edition of the Ramon Foster Show. And, and here it goes. So you get oh, started. Oh, What's there to be happy about? They're one and four. <laughs> and the <laughs> sky is falling. What's there to be happy about? You first. What's to be happy about? Uh, acknowledgement. Okay. Um, is this the own it? We own yeah. it? We eat it? That's all you got? <laughs> yes, 100%, man. Uh, TJ Watt just had a birthday. It's something to be excited about Happy that. birthday, TJ. Yeah. Happy birthday. Belated uh, birthday, right? Get well soon, TJ. Ooh, there's hope there, right? <laughs> there's hope there, man. Uh, let me see. I, I guess... Since we kind of we kind of ragged on them, I think this may be rock bottom. Okay, so oh, the only place boy. to go is up. That's my is happy it place. Is it, it doesn't. This isn't a team that stays here. Okay, and now let's talk about this. It, historically, they're not a team that stay here, right? This is true. This is actually the one thing that. Um, well, one of many things that, that Mike Tomlin said. This was Sunday in Orchard Park that kind of jumped out at me. Okay, was when he said. Uh, we will have better days than this. Yeah. And that was not a normal line from him. No. And, and I, I actually was kind of like that he has to go and put a positive, like, you know, not every day is going to be like 38 to three against the bills. Right. Um, so maybe that's something that he's selling to these guys too. look. Maybe this is bottom. Maybe this was the bottom. Here's <laughs> what we can do to make it, make it, make sure it's the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the other part, too, man. This team is in a new era, right? Like, legitimately, most of the players this year, no, all of the players on this roster are Kevin Colbert's, right? That's what we are. Um, Kev has never operated big time in free agency. Uh, and I say rock bottom because I think some things have to change, right? DK, we've been saying that. I don't know how much is going to change in the uh, while, while they're in season. But my my hope is that it, you, you kind of scrap everything that you've done in the past and say, look, we got to get back to where we have been. This is what we're used to. To build over time, man, that's just it. It takes a lot of time. Um, free agency next year is one of those things. Like you still got more cap money than you ever had before throughout a season. Next year, I, I guess it goes up again and you become players again. You're in a position where the happy part, DK, you're dealing with a rookie quarterback. I was waiting for you to get to this. Okay. Listen, the year 2022 was supposed to be in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers the year that they transitioned from Ben Roethlisberger to the, yeah, ideally their next franchise quarterback. Yeah, man. Now, people get snippy with me when I describe Kenny Pickett that way, and I understand that he has hardly proven to be a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. But what he has done, Moan, that's beautiful is that he has positioned himself to at least have that opportunity which we weren't going to say about Mitch Trubisky in 2000 ever and we weren't going to say about Mason Rudolph we can say it now definitively about Kenny as you go into 2023 he is your quarterback as Mm -hmm. you go into 2024 he is your quarterback so when I'm saying he's your franchise QB I'm not saying he's on the highway to Canton 
I'm saying that he is the guy. He has answered the biggest question. This is a happy thing. Yeah. Uh, If we can see Cooper Rush and Dallas become a guy, because one, he's competent enough, and we believe Kenny's a competent quarterback, right? He can sling the ball. He makes the right passes. That's one thing that elevated his stock whenever he was coming out of the draft. But the thing about Cooper Rush is this. He is surrounded by talent. Okay, legitimately surrounded by talent and they're just they're surrounding him and playing good ball. With that being said, you have an opportunity to go out and grab guys in free agency is where I'm at. Again, I don't know where, but we've never had this flexibility to be players. We've always waited. Right. It's so frustrating. You, you, we used to talk and be like, well, you know, the Steelers don't operate like this in free agency. Nope. It was James Ferrier and never again. Never again. <laughs> Miles Jack was the biggest signing we've had as of late. Like Larry mm-hmm. Ogan, Joby, after he, you know, didn't go to other places. Those are big signings for Pittsburgh. James Daniels, yeah. I mean, they, they certainly did a lot more than they've done in the past. Mason Cole, uh, they, they spent some money. And you're yeah. right. It, it's just a different time now. And the, the, the idea that there has to be some super long, crazy rebuild, to me, that is almost always associated with the quarterback. When yeah. we think of the teams that stay down for years and years and years, yep. like both of the New York teams, for example, mm-hmm. what's the commonality? It's that they can never find a freaking quarterback. Uh-huh. They just okay. keep going through their Daniel Jones types again and again and again. And and I'll go here, too. And to be fair about the New York teams, okay, the quarterbacks that they've had, DK, this is the other part of it, too. You have to pair a quarterback with a coordinator slash head coach that wants them to thrive, knows how to get them to thrive. The guy, and I almost feel like this is the case regardless, not firing the guy yet, but I think he understands, look, I'll get a nice little settlement to walk away from this Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and the new guy that comes in at OC is probably going to be in a position where he knows what Kenny likes to do. He's probably watched Kenny. He's going to jump on the opportunity to actually make this happen to be successful. I'm looking at Daniel Jones right now, right? And I kind of say to myself, I'm like, this guy looks like he he's having fun playing football with the New yeah. York football giants. All of a sudden. Isn't it funny how that All works? All of a but sudden, yeah, man. I know. And that that goes to Brian Dayball. This dude is throwing almost 67% completion rate in New York. He was a bus, right? Don't think, by the way, Moan, that I missed out on your your secret little trick there. Because this is an all-happy episode, <laughs> and you managed to sneak in right around the 636 point of the I show did. for those of I you did. into historical <laughs> references that there would be a hypothetical firing of Matt Canada. Because Moan just wants to say, hey, listen, all the happy stuff on this show... I still topped it. I still no. topped it. I fired Matt Canada for you in the opening segment. There you go. <laughs> when we come back, who, one player on either side of the ball, really needs to rise up right now? Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, we're going to try something. Again, staying in the positive frame of mind. Not to rip somebody as in like, who needs to step up because they suck? Who actually needs to make the biggest difference on this football team in the positive sense right now? One on either side of the ball. Let's start with the offense, Moan. Who you got? Offense? uh, I'm going to go legitimately uh, Big Dan. Left tackle. 
I got to see Dan Moore. He sticks with the line. I, I you didn't like you didn't like him getting beaten on that. I, I you know, know that, that's well. why you're bringing it up, isn't it? You you know me too well, DK. Yeah. Like I don't I don't like that. He's at a point of attack, man, to be able to finish and go out and, and just be that guy because this is this is just where we're at. It was too clean. I know it was Von Miller. It yeah. was just too, it was too clean. But it was just too clean, and not just that. Getting pushed back into to, to toss plays and stuff like DK. Like it's so set up for these guys to really be dudes in this league, man. And just to honestly kind of see them fumble it a little bit, a slip back is not okay. Like you're on the left side. You're on the franchise's quarterback's left side you you get to a point now dk to where you said to yourself i need my best five on this line okay then you go draft the early left tackle and then you move dan Moore into left guard you see where i'm going like this, these are possibilities do. man but and i know you wouldn't want to play it. guard he's capable of it that's 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 the reason that you you there challenge go. Him. Exactly. Happy. george pickens makes me happy George Pickens' existence makes me happy. Yeah. George Pickens being targeted occasionally makes me happy. Yeah. George tar- George Pickens being targeted more often than Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool put together would make me outright giddy. But then I don't want to risk getting negative here. George Pickens catches. They call that the radius, by the way. There's actually That's a terminology for it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Where they This guy's radius is unbelievable. When you see Kenny fling the ball to Pickens. It's different than the, he, how he throws it to anybody else. Have you noticed yeah, that? He just does, he does this. He just, poop puts it in like up in the air. And he waits for it to come down from orbit because he knows nobody else is going to catch that thing. It's great no. to watch. How about defense? Defense, man. Uh, I was excited about this guy. Uh, and, and, and feel like there's something there. But we've pretty much seen zero, DK. This is Malik Reed. Who? For you to say that. I don't even know who you're talking about. This guy with 13 sacks in Denver over the last two years, he doesn't even exist. I ain't heard his name, DK. Nine combined tackles on the season. I don't even have anything critical to say about him because I don't know that he's real. You see what I'm saying? Like That's how it pass rushes. Okay, but, but, but positive, positive here. Positive. positive, positive. Okay, but you asked me who I needed. I did, but, you need, but you also need. They don't blitz anymore, Moan, and, 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 and I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, how do you lose TJ Watt and then say that's it? We're taking off the blitzes. Strategy, DK. That's the only thing I say. And protecting the back end of the defense, like that's that's just where we are right now, man. I'll be real with you. I, I want to go at the linebackers. Really, no need to. I know the secondary is just a little bit less than or below the line in general. I legitimately are just looking at the front guys right now. Like Malik Reed to me is 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 bothersome. And I said I was going to be happy, DK, but this is just tough to watch a guy that I has know, that type I know, of function. I know. It's and, 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 you want to give me off my mark? Yeah, you want to give? I, 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 I'll, I'll move off of this one. I'll, I'll stay on the positive note, and I'm going to call attention again to Demarvin Leal because all. All he's doing is getting his hand on the football as yeah. a down lineman. Okay. Yeah. I want that guy out there for 60 snaps. I don't want him uh, spelling somebody. I don't want him mm-hmm. out there because somebody else is uh, tired or hurts or whatever. I yeah. want him playing football. I am tired of having everything on that line laid on 97. Okay. Yeah. This kid needs to be on the field. And yep. when he is on the field, let's see him. 
yep. get to the quarterback since Malik Reed isn't. Ooh, that's his also, thing. That's his thing. It, it, it is. And this is the other part of it, too, is you got DeMarvin Leal moving up the depth chart, too. Hey, I heard that. Big change. <laughs> uh, we tried. We tried, people. <laughs> the pit of misery, man. <laughs> when we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters, the Hey Moan segment. That is brought to you always by the good people at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability, Moan. Craveability. Mm. That means it's got to be good. Order these amazing entries at Get-Go Cafe and Market on the app. Today, better believe it. And today's Hey Moan comes from where did it go here? Here we go, DK. Did I lose it? it? Did I lose it? Couldn't have lost it, man. Couldn't have lost it. No, it's right here. There it is. Kevin Fitzgerald says, Hey Moan, why is nobody talking about the Steelers' lack of halftime adjustments? I'm tempted to say it's because to my untrained eye, it appears that they don't make them. Our defense, in particular, repeatedly comes out in the third quarter and lines up in the same sets and proceeds to give up too many second half points. What saith thou? I added that part. I added that part. Kevin didn't. (laughs) Uh, What do I say about that? Have the. Halftime adjustments are always there. Like, I, I well, this is also a, a, a false, I guess, reality, too. Like, not all the time are halftime adjustments ever made either, okay? Sometimes they happen on the field. Um, I, I think a lot of the time people think we go to the locker room and say, hey, we got to switch this and do this. That's not really the case most of the time. You get in there, you get refreshed, you rest for a second. The coaches talk to you about what needs to happen and how it's supposed to happen. Um, you get pointers. Okay, that's usually what it is. I remember distinctly much coming in and being hey, being like, uh, hey, what do you guys like? And it just be that. What do you guys like? And we tell them, hey, we like this, this and that. All right, we'll scrap everything else. We'll go to it later if we have to. Uh, it was look out for type of situations. Uh, what, what, what you're seeing is a, what I guess what you're asking is how do they continually get beat? Sometimes it's just the personnel. <laughs> Okay, like there's nothing you can do if a guy's just getting worked or they just are a better team. A lot of this comes out uh, because of, uh, I guess, what Buffalo did this past week or having a guy like Zach Wilson who hadn't played that, you know, is a very dynamic type of mobile quarterback, too. He made plays on the run. Um, it's, It's not necessarily, hey, we're checking each box at halftime. It's a, hey, look out for or let's regroup type of thing. That makes sense. I, I, my own response here to Kevin is that when we get back to the point where we're talking about halftime adjustments mattering, the Steelers <laughs> will be in a much better place because right now they suck in all four quarters. Okay, there isn't something to say about oh man, look how they did this and this in the second, and then they came out in the third and did that. These, that's not what this is about. No. Now we're talking about significant deficiencies in terms of both personnel, some of that injury-based, right. and also schematics, most of that on Matt Canada. 
and you don't say, well, what are we going to do in the third quarter to make things better? I don't see this as a problem. I see this as something that affects a good team where they do need to counterpunch when somebody else is coming at you with something that maybe you weren't expecting in your preparation mm-hmm. throughout the week. And maybe, like you were saying, Moan, sometimes you want to do these things in the second quarter, but it's hard to do it on the fly. You yeah. get a, a positional coach is going to come over and you guys are sitting on the bench and you're all like, your eyes are all big. I've seen you. And, and you're like, you're not hearing a thing he's saying. No. You're not hearing a thing. <laughs> and, and then from there, what ends up happening? You know? Yeah. The, you, you get into halftime and they tell it to you and it's a different atmosphere. It's not right. as loud. And then you're just saying, hey. And then this is the other part, too. You, we're speaking about halftime adjustments as if this team is in a position of competing. As of late, it hasn't been a competitive position either. You can say, hey, if we fix this, we're you know, three points from a win. It hasn't been a lot of that. I think it's so much as, as, as scrambling as to what's actually going to work that you don't have time to really make a lot of adjustments because more adjustments mean more confusion. Yeah, and then there's that too. You want to be careful. This this applies to all sports. Yeah. You'll hear this from coaches all the time. You want to be careful about too much information in the moment. The instructions that get given are insultingly clear. Yep. So that you're not wondering, what did he mean by that? What did he, what was that? What was that all about? How do I apply this? Whatever. No, it was just run block. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Let's do one more of these tomorrow, Moan. <laughs> exactly. I'm ready, man. Well, yeah, we'll talk about Brady and the Bucks and predictions and all that stuff. I guess. <laughs> <laughs>